Hey everyone, welcome back to the Sacred Space Podcast. My name is Gina Stockton, and I am so excited that you are here with me on this part two of my conversation with my pal, Justin Hepner. Justin is one of the leaders at New Community Church in Vista. He is a phenomenal person, human, leader, pastor. As we continue this conversation, we're going to explore integrated faith. We're going to explore healthy church leadership. What does it look like to make room for the diversity of gifts and voices? What does it look like to be a helper and a guide? What does it look like to surrender my agenda for Jesus' agenda? And so I think you're going to really enjoy this conversation. There's a lot here. Again, I encourage you to get a journal and a pen. Pray, get in an undistracted place, and sit back, relax, and enjoy this time in the sacred space. Um, I want to talk a little bit about um, the integrated faith, um, because I think it's easy for us to separate out um, my spiritual life from my regular life. Mm. And that's not what you meant just now when you said, oh, I ride around the corner as a bike ride or a, you know, you know, video games. The question is, are those going to distract or... It's dependence. It, yeah, it's dependence. So, so when I can step into the miraculous to the mundane, right? We I can bring God's presence into the, the day-to-day, the mundane... Um, then that shifts things too. That shifts my perspective. That's, it's not just, um, I guess what I'm trying to say is that intimacy, that dependence, that tending isn't just by myself in my shed with Jesus. And then on Sunday when I'm in spiritual community, (laughs) because there's a lot of road between the two and there's my marriage, my job, my friends, my um, the things that happen that are good in life, the things that happen that are hard, things that, uh, the circumstances that happen, um, life that happens, how to bridge and be present and dependent and avail ourselves of that intimacy and that, that well that we're drawing from when we're alone tending to that God's presence and, uh, receiving that intimacy and that, um, accountability and community and support and love that we receive in community that both allow us to be light and be his presence and be uh, a kingdom of priests when I'm at Starbucks on Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in, in a natural way, and I don't mean as opposed to spiritual but it just becomes right. natural for you to be spiritual yeah. and spiritually minded. And that doesn't mean you're putting on a new set of vocabulary <laughs> right. and maybe, or a different outfit or right, whatever right. it would be. Um, integration is interesting to take the journey of integration. I think someone has to um, be able to truly see what is in their life and their connection to those things. Hmm. And uh, we are all getting something out of what we give ourselves to. Yeah, that's good. And um, we have many, many, many facets that we in life that we give ourselves to. Mm-hmm. And um, 
you know, I, I used to think that like bad company corrupts good morals. And though that's true, the problem is it's not the bad company's fault. Um, <laughs> it's, it's that you have allowed yourself to be exposed to something that wears your identity down into wanting to be changed by the bad company. Mm. In yeah, a sense, good. right? Yeah. So you become what you sow into. Right. Right? And if you like, really like those people, you know, or I really like this thing that I do, I think you have to do the hard work of surveying this, the land, so tending to the land of your life, yeah. and deciding what is my connection to these things. Yeah. And is my connection serving as a replacement for the real thing mm. um, and uh, a cover-up for the real thing? Yeah. Or is it healthy for my spirit that indwells my body kind of self, yeah. for my following yeah. Jesus self, for this thing that laid down his life for me. Yeah. And the question becomes, okay, well, what needs to be laid down for him? Because without sacrifice of those things that Mm -hmm. get in the way, I think integration is impossible. Yeah, it's good. So, uh, identification, you have to survey the whole land and say what's in the way. Yeah. Um, You have to figure out, well, am I really uh, going to see it as worth it to sacrifice this thing or not? Yeah. And quite honestly, like, sometimes the things you sacrifice are even good things. Yeah. I lead worship, like, maybe one-tenth or one-twentieth as much as I used to. Yeah. And God was like, leading worship will get in the way of what you're supposed to do right now. Mm, It's good. And I'm like, well, leading worship is good. Yeah. (laughs) And I just have to say, okay. Yeah. I will lay it down. Yeah, and good. so I demonstrate that by making physical changes in my life. Yeah. Um, does that mean I don't play music? No, I play music all the time. Right. But I tear down the studio in my bedroom. I put it all away, and I say, "God, tell me when to get it out." It's always only, it's always all only in relationship with Him. Yeah, it's I'm good. putting it away until you say, "Get it out." Yeah, it's good. I want to get it out. I want to play. I want to do those things. But he said, no, this is where I have you. So it's even a good thing sometimes. You have to lay down and there's seasons in it. And I don't want to be out of season with with God. I mean, I've I've probably been that leader at times and I've seen a number of them and it's not pretty. I think we've all been there. Yeah, it's pretty pretty ugly. Yeah. Yeah. And, And we've watched each other go through that. Yeah. And and challenged each other in that. I know we've both done that for each other. Yeah. So there's some of those things. But I think you have to survey your, your life and see what's standing in the way of you and ask God the question, does it need to go or be reformed? Right. That's good. And that's really difficult to do. Yeah. So like um, an area where I always feel like I'm missing that. Like I pray with my kids every single night. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... I say the same stupid thing every single time I pray because it's like 365 days a year. Yeah. And they say the same stupid thing. And we all pray and then everyone feels closure to go to bed. And yeah. when they're hurting and we have specific things, I mean, we come around each other for yeah. sure and pray for each other, um, share tears with each other in some of those moments. But I'm like, okay, God, is that actually getting in the way? Hmm. Should it be reformed? Yeah. I'm just asking God that question all over the place. Yeah, it's good. Like my normal scripts, I do this, this happens, this happens, this happens. Like what what do you want to renovate? What do you want to tend to? What do you want to, it could be a good thing. I just want to change it for you, Justin. I just want to move this for you, Justin, for our connection. And I think that's the context I kind of look at it in. So I think I've 
maybe not exhaustively, but off the cuff, kind of hit some of the spaces that I would do that with. Yeah, no, it's good. And I think with that, I think some of it too is there's different seasons in life and different things that God leads us to. And the things that served us well in this (laughs) other season aren't going to serve us well in this next, or you could take the land analogy, you know, the things that served well in the desert aren't going to serve us well in the promised land. You know, Yeah. My surfboards weren't that great when I moved to Indiana. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so I still took them though. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's awesome. Yeah. Go find a, pool or a lake. I had plans. (laughs) I had Lake Michigan plans. I'll tell you the truth. (laughs) But you know, and I, I, so the laying down isn't, it's hard because I think, you know, those things, especially, I mean, we have some worship in common and it's like, it's like breathing, right? It's such a, it's, it's so at the heart of how you and I connect with Jesus intimately, both personally, but as leaders. And so to lay that down is like, okay, we're going to do this different (laughs) now. You know what I mean? Well, even with that, less frequency of you and I like ministering and just hanging. Yeah, 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 yes. And the sacrifice is great. Yeah. But God was clear through both of the stories in our life. Right. Does that mean that it was a bad thing? Right. That God said like, hey, I'm going to take the magnifying glass off of this right now and put it on something else in your guy's life. Yeah. So now we get to collaborate on leadership. Right. And our words can go all the way to the core with each other because we right. have a lot of experiences in other areas. Yeah, yeah. So I can just take you at 100% value rather than face value. Or yeah, it's good. It's So we're harvesting mm. the relationship that was forged through collaborative leader, leadership, leadership. And yeah. I'm like, I, I almost like in the same way I felt like that leading worship with you, I feel like that when we talk about what's going on. Yeah, in church. It's, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I can just take it to the bank every time. Yeah, I trust good. you, and we know that, right? right? So I think there's that element too that, and and we're probably this whole piece of the conversation is probably two people speaking that are more seasoned in many seasons. Yeah, of ministry and have acknowledged when it was our time to be pruned sometimes and not, <laughs> yeah. and the the humility involved and yeah. or the humiliation. Yeah, that led us to the decision. Yeah. That God was trying to tell us, hey, I gave you an off ramp a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you still driving, bro? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Thank you. So I do think there's some of that. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, he's so kind in his leadership in taking us to those places and going, okay, hey, honey, you ready to let go? (laughs) Well, so let's look at that then. So let's look at that. We started with a leadership conversation. Yeah, that's good. So then let's talk just for a second. If this makes the podcast, great. If not, great. Great. But how do you then, if God walks with us like that, then how can we, when someone's season is up, Mm. stop as leaders yeah. And look at another leader and say, you're out. This person's in. Mm-hmm. You're done. God yeah. doesn't want to use you anymore. Yeah. No, I, I think yep. we have to usher the seasons in as slowly as they change in our in our natural world. Yeah. We have to usher the seasons in. And I think that's why I would say probably the dominant role of a leader is twofold. It's, And it actually is echoed in how the Holy Spirit was explained. And I think the most dominant, most important measurings of my leadership is, am I being a helper and a guide mm-hmm. for yeah, others? Helper and guide. Yeah. And 
helping people see where they're at, helping them have awareness, helping them transition in a healthy way. Even if it's damaging the organization while they're still hanging around, like financially or whatever, we have to find ways to with loving kindness, walk with people as best as we can. And as far as it is possible with us to maintain that peace for people while they're fading in and out. Cause God has done that with us a million times. And he's still got several more of those bullets Mm. in his gun with us to say like, Hey, I'm going to walk you through this and it's going to be long. And I think about that with me with teaching, like I'm going to go through several seasons as a teacher and it's already been 25 years. I've already been through several. Yeah. I've got several more ahead. Yeah. And as that becomes more and more and more of my primary role and function in the community of gathered believers, it's going to hurt worse Yeah. when it changes because it's, yeah, it's good. I'll build a lot of foundation there that God's going to, and I hope that my leadership can be one in which provides helper and guide and that the system can be helper and guide to me on my way out. So yeah. there's nothing traumatic for the people that actually really matter yeah yeah it's good yeah totally (laughs) organizational care has oftentimes taken the place of the care of people Mm -hmm. and i get it you know when uh, an organization becomes big then you have budgets and you have assets and you have the you have the abcs the you know attendance building cash you know you have all this stuff but as soon as that starts to drive decisions and leadership, um, then you're losing Jesus' model of leadership, which was leave the 99 for the one. Yeah, or I don't even have a place to lay my own head. Right, right. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly, right? Which is so contradictory to um, maybe conventional leadership or organizational um, health you know, and so how do you, as a leader, um, champion and equip and love and pour into, like you said, guide and care for people and not be threatened by people, right? Because as you champion, then there will be gifts that are going to grow. And if I, if I'm a leader that is threatened or insecure or feel like I should be the smartest person in the room, then all of that's going to be a threat, right? Um, I love Zach Neese. I had interviewed a couple of years ago, and um, he had a great, great quote. He said that, um, you know, God doesn't give you people to support your vision. (laughs) He gives you vision to care for his people. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Imagine that. Imagine that, right? And and again, this isn't a, I mean, this is just, these are the very easy temptations to fall into, when you're caring for a community and especially in the unique environment and culture that and climate that is the Western evangelical church in America. Right. And, and I think those are the things that the Lord is in his kindness and in his love, um, sometimes gently, sometimes not so gently (laughs) prying our fingers off of and removing, you know, getting those idols out from under our cots and tearing down the little altars we've, put in the corners and decorated to look pretty yeah, 100% <laughs> you know yeah um, because he is fiercely protective of his bride yeah and he wants her readied and that includes me you yeah and then the people that we get to um, serve and do life with yeah yeah I think when we God hasn't dealt kindly with people that posture as kings mm, yeah 
right? And I don't think that kingly expression is reserved for any um, spiritual leader. Yeah. I think we need to be void of um, the kingly um, kind of posture that's taken so often that yeah. we see. It's like the CEO kind of model yeah. is um, can be done really well mm-hmm. if the posture isn't kingly. Yeah. You know, and it's it's still um, benevolent. It's still open. It's still um, soft. Yeah, it's good. The other verse that you um, kind of going back to community is the Hebrews ten twenty four and twenty five. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Mm-hmm. And you know everything we're talking about is how do we how do we build an environment and create a culture, and how that create a culture that's so buzzy buzzwordy like ah, create a culture. But you know I'm saying an atmosphere where people come excited and ready and wanting to be a part of that and be a part of like I'm my presence is spurring others on. Yeah. Like I'm coming to church not to just decide if I oh that's my favorite worship leader this morning or oh I really love the teaching or nah, it's all right. No, because you're a letter. Yeah. And yes. You, and your workmanship. Yes. So like, where's the attendee yeah, fall into it's that? Good. Is there so such good. a thing? No. No, but attendance is discussed. Yeah. But you're never referred to as an attendee. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. It's you good. know, it's like something that God addresses, but I'll do it through the lens of what we've said. I think. Um, your letters, your masterpiece, um, and then you take Hebrews, and it says, so let us consider, he's, there's this reference to us being those that are, are the, the body, those that are the community of believers. And the word consider there is um, a word that's like indicative of having like an attentive, conscious care. So mm. be attentive and have a conscious care care to the spiritual welfare of the community yeah that's good and i think if you parsed all that out and read it in context and understood what's being talked about here that you have a role to play mm. um not a seat to sit in and yeah, i think good. there's that's an important thing to remember and we've talked about it for you know the 25 years i've been at working in church um whatever that means but this attentive, conscious care and spiritual welfare, caring for the spiritual welfare of the community, those that have maintained with that sort of mentality mm-hmm. through their time in, at church, I think are still the ones that are working in communities. Yeah. Um, those who had other expectations about things have left long ago and yeah. will come back after it's, quote, fixed or, quote, reformed or, quote, more like Jesus, whatever it is. Well, yeah. You know, the church looks like Jesus when the people act like Jesus. So if yeah. you really want to have it look like Jesus, then don't remove yourself if you know how to act like Jesus. Be someone that stays. Work on reform, not yeah. activism. So yeah. there's this attentive conscious care to the spiritual welfare of the community. So it says, let us consider with attentive conscious care how to stir up. The word there is provoke. So how to provoke one another. So mm. if I'm showing up to the gathered body of believers and I know I'm a letter and I know I'm his masterpiece, yeah. he's the one that made me a letter. He's the one overcoming the flesh in me with his spirit. Yeah. He's the one that did the work. We are his 
masterpiece. Yeah, it's good. Right? We're operating in the strength of his might, which is what Ephesians said later. Now yeah. we're in Hebrews. Then I'm taking those things and looking with attentive, conscious care at the welfare of those that are around me. I'm looking at you to see yeah. what's going on inside of you. And I'm not thinking about me. I'm thinking about you. Yeah. I'm thinking about the you that's leading worship or the you that's sitting next to me or the you that's delivering God's word, which isn't yours. It's God's and yeah. you're delivering it. And that's I'm good. thinking about how I can give attentive, conscious care to provoke you spiritually toward love and good works, which is basically two, you know, definitions, if you will, of what ministry or ministering could be. Yeah. So now I'm a letter, a masterpiece. I'm there considering with conscious care the spiritual welfare of the community around me so that I can provoke you and stir you up towards ministry, love, and good works, yeah. which is what Jesus did. Yeah, it's so good. And so all of a sudden my seat is... Um, is not like in a crowd anymore. My seat is like I'm on the cast. Like I, I have a, pl- a part to play and a yeah. role to play. Yeah. And then it's on those that do have upfront leadership gifts to find ways to allow those that are yes. sitting there considering how to stir up, to have voice to testify, to do that stirring up to the whole body. And yeah, how you do good. that in an orderly way consumed much of what Paul wrote about. Yeah. Because they were trying yes. to do it. Right? Yes. So the problems came as a result of that. Yeah. Um, not as a result of not doing that. Yeah. And I think it just becomes too easy if you just have one person there to teach and then they, they you know, leave out the back with their bodyguards and whatever yeah. it is. I To me... The ministry and the ministering aspect is the outcome of the church gathering together. Yeah, it's so good. Right. And, and you know, that, that one person, one expression, always and then leaving, you're, you're missing. That's one facet of the expression of who God is, who Jesus is. And of who his, you are. His bride, right? Yeah. right. So, so, you know, that, that pulpit, like you mentioned earlier, we don't just want a teaching gift there. We want gifts of prophecy and exhortation and evangelism, yeah. And, yeah. right? We want those, the multitude of gifts, the diversity of gifts is for the benefit of the body. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's significant. So yeah. good. And that's why it says after that, so don't neglect the gathering of yourselves together. Yeah, that's good. Because when you do that, you remove yourself from gathering and you remove yourself from being the letter that's meant to be read, mm-hmm. the workmanship that's supposed to bear witness to him, because it's his workmanship, the considering of others, so now it's not self-focused, it's focused on community, and to the stirring up or provoking one another toward ministry. Yeah. And we've given it to one person with one specific role on a Sunday that teaches out of God's word. We should honor everyone in every gift, of course, but you see where it's so ill-weighted on one moment. Yeah. But if that one person is healthy, yeah. biblically, spiritually, and practically in how they exercise leadership, it can open up this idea of testifying. Yeah, Which, good. honestly, like, I could teach for 45 minutes, and it could be beautiful. And someone that's not eloquent could get up and share about what God's done in their life despite them. And people won't remember a word I said. Yeah. They will be moved Mm. by fewer words 
more expression of the power of God in yeah. someone's life, and they will be more motivated yeah. towards love and good works than they will through me yeah, it's teaching so what largely winds up being the minds of people. Yeah, it's good. And I'm like, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, so good. Mm-hmm. Well, and and here's the thing. Like, Jesus even modeled it. You know, I've, I've heard people say over the last, you know, 20 years or whatever in ministry, a, a lot of talk of excellence. Mm-hmm. Like, excellence is a high value. Mm-hmm. Like, excellence in the teaching, excellence in the music, excellence in the production or whatever, excellence. And um, it's usually framed in God is is deserving of our best, yeah. right? Of the most excellent. But here's the problem. When I when I deem something has to be excellent, then I'm deciding what then is excellent, yeah. right? And um, I can fool myself into believing it's for the best purposes, but more often than not, it's about control. <laughs> it's about, no, 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 I want to control the narrative. But here's the thing. If that's the way Jesus modeled leadership, then he would not have had a conversation with the woman at the well. No. Because he would have said, this is my gospel, and my gospel is too important. It needs to be delivered well, and it needs to be delivered by me. So mm-hmm. I need to go to this town, and I need to share my story mm-hmm. and my word. But instead, he ha- he goes where he shouldn't have gone. <laughs> he talks to a woman he shouldn't speak to, and he has a conversation. Yeah. And she- he allows her to evangelize an entire town. Yeah. Right? Totally upends our human idea of of leadership and of yeah. effective ministry yeah. and all those things. And so... Um, Paul did the same thing. Yeah, it's good. Paul had an encounter, and the word of prophecy was given to him, spoken over him. You will be my chosen instrument to reach the Gentiles. He goes and learns, ties up all his Judaism loose links to gospel, yeah. comes in, hangs out with the apostles in Jerusalem, learns under them for a while, and then he goes out. And what does he do? He multiplies himself over and over and over and over yeah, again. Even good. Jesus did the same thing with the disciples, right? Yeah. So he sent them out. More happened in the three years that isn't recorded, probably, yeah. than is recorded, yeah. where they were out ministering in the surrounding towns with the, the kingdom of God being at hand. Yeah. And, and as nebulous as that must have felt, he was yeah. sending them out. But back to Paul, he planted church after church after church after church and help them walk through their stuff from far away is very interesting it was the giving away of a gospel and when yeah, people preached good. with the wrong motives he said at least the story's being told right dude it, he wasn't i mean i'd, yeah. be, I'd be pissed off totally like, i'd be frustrated yep. and feel like i was being misrepresented and there is um there was many 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 occasion where um paul trusted God so much that he didn't need to claim his authority. And, and, yeah, so good. And places where his authority actually helped. Yeah. Because he had that apostolic gift. Yep, so Which is, good. like, so important. Yep, so. so good. Well, thanks, man. Thanks for the conversation. Thank you. This is fun. Yeah. Excited to see what God's doing and how he's moving. Well, in this time, um, as I normally give us some time to process. I just want to enter into a time of intercession. Intercession for the bride of Christ, for the church. That's you and me. 
So, Father, we come before you, and in Jesus' name, we lift up, we intercede for your bride, for your church. Big C, globally, all over the world, your kids, your sons and daughters who call themselves believers, followers of Jesus. Father, would you purify your bride? Would you call us deeper? Would we lift our eyes to you? Would we get our eyes off of circumstances, the things around us, the craziness of the world, get our eyes off of distraction, Lord, and would we look up and lock eyes with you? You are King. You are Lord. You are the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are the creator of the heavens and the earth. You are on the throne. You knit us together and you are the lover of our souls. And so, Jesus, we surrender to you. Lord, would we loosen our grip on the things that we've allowed to usurp, that we've allowed to get in the way of our surrender, get in the way of our obedience, get in the way of your love working in and through us. So, Father, um, I just pray blessing over your bride. And the beautiful thing about intercession is the Bible says that you are already interceding for us. So right now with me, as I'm speaking this prayer and as others join me, we are simply joining you in what you're already doing. So we come into agreement with you, with your will with your heart for your people. Lord, we want to be attentive to you, dependent upon you, and obedient to you. So Lord, have your way, we ask, for the sake of a world that needs you, that needs the love of Jesus and the hope and healing that you bring. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Sacred Space Podcast. If you want to check out New Community Church and the things that God is doing through Justin and his team, you can go to sdchurch.com or click the link in the episode notes. And if you would like to partner with us by supporting us with a tax-deductible donation, you can click the link in the episode notes or go to genistockton.com slash donate. And um, would you mind taking the time to rate and review us, share with friends, all of those things help more people to discover the sacred space. I hope you have an amazing week and that you know that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved. We'll see you next time in the sacred space.